Would you stand with me one more time as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Book of 2 Timothy chapter number 3. And we're going to read verse number 16. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I want to read that one more time. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. Father, I thank you one more time for your incredible, your infallible, your life-changing, life-altering, miracle-working word. Once again today, I pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit will be upon the message, upon the messenger, Lord, today. God, give us ears to hear your word today. And God, I pray that we will not just hear today, but I pray that when we leave here, we'll put in practice, Lord, what we have heard. All of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. We are currently in a series I'm calling The Core. Now, a core is the part of something that is central to to its existence or character. Now, so far in this series, we've talked about our seven core values. And we've started to talk about our core doctrines. These messages can be found on our website if you've missed any of them. And I encourage you to go there and listen to them. See, this series describes who we are as a church and what we believe. So I want to remind us of who we are as a church and of what we believe. Well, today we're going to talk about the Bible. Say the Bible. Bible. And I want to share with you five things that we believe about the written Word of God that we call the Bible. First of all, let me begin by saying that we believe that it's supernaturally inspired. We believe the Bible, the written word of God, we believe it's supernaturally inspired. We read it in our text. 2 Timothy 3 and 16 says all scripture is inspired by God. Let me ask you this morning, how many of the scripture is inspired by God? I want to suggest two things here. First of all, First of all, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is the true author of Scripture. The Holy Spirit is the true author of Scripture. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, the Bible says, No Scripture came from the writer's own interpretation or by the will of man, but as these men were moved on by the Holy Spirit. Well, did God use men like Moses and Matthew and Peter and Paul and James and a host of other men to write and record Scripture, did he? Absolutely. But hear me this morning, all these men were actually only the pipeline that God used in order to get the message from him to us. See, we don't have to depend on the accuracy of men to know whether or not to believe the Bible. Why? Because men did not write the Bible. They merely wrote down what the Holy Spirit told them to write. 
You say, Pastor, why do you believe that the Bible is accurate? Why do you believe that the Bible is reliable? Listen, I believe because my faith, my faith is not in Moses, it's not in Paul, it's not in Peter, it's not in James, but my faith is in God. My faith is in the true author of Scripture, which is the Holy Spirit, who was and is and will always I agree with D.L. Moody, who was once asked why he believed in the supernatural inspiration of Scripture. Now, you need to understand that Moody could have given a two-hour dissertation on the infallibility and accuracy and divine inspiration of Scripture. But when D.L. Moody was asked why he believed, Moody simply answered, because it inspires me. Would you agree this morning? Amen. Well, let me suggest something else here. And I want you to get this. If you don't get anything else this morning, I want you to get this next subpoint, And that is an appointment. An appointment with Scripture is an appointment with the Holy Spirit. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about that? An appointment with the Scripture is an appointment with the Holy Spirit. See, if the Holy Spirit is the author of Scripture, and He is, then when we read God's Word, we are actually a hearing the heart of the Holy Spirit. We are actually spending time in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Since the Holy Spirit is the author of Scripture, we should never read the Bible without, first of all, praying a simple prayer. And I wouldn't challenge you. I would challenge you before you open the book, before you open the Scripture, I challenge you to just breathe a little prayer or say a little simple prayer out loud and simply say, Holy Spirit, would you please speak to me through the pages of this book? Holy Spirit, uh, oh, would you illuminate? Would you make clear what your word is saying? I I would encourage you to say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me personally through the word as I read it? Uh, we're going to talk more about that in point number three. Well, let's talk about the second thing that we believe about Scripture, and that is we believe that it's sure in its information. It's sure in its information. Psalm 119 verse 160 says, the entirety of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Here's what we believe about the Bible. We believe that it is totally accurate in every area. We believe that it is totally accurate in every area. The Bible is, did you know that the Bible is filled with facts about science? Do you know you can find history recorded uh, in the Bible? The Bible is filled with facts about science, history, and other subjects. And I want to tell you that it is 100% accurate in its recordings. Did you know that there are actually facts that were recorded in Scripture hundreds of years before they even actually came about, even before they actually happened? Did you know that scientists discover things and they think they are so brilliant and they think they are so smart and they make these discoveries only to find out that they were already revealed to us in Scripture already? Oh, many have tried to discredit God's Word, but nobody can. Nobody can. Oh, some point to so-called inaccuracies of Scripture only to discover that they themselves were the inaccurate ones. Let me say something else about Scripture. That is, it has been tested by time and trouble and trial. It has been tested by time and trial. 
for thousands of years and through so many attempts to disprove and discredit it. And yet God's word stands. Skeptics come and skeptics go and God's word remains. Ingersoll held up a copy of the Bible and he declared in 15 years I'll have this book in the morgue. 15 years later Ingersoll was in the morgue and the Bible lives on. Voltaire said in 100 years he said the Bible will be an outdated book found only in museums. 100 years later Voltaire's house was owned and operated by the Geneva Bible Society. Does God have a sense of humor or what? Later, 92 volumes of Voltaire's writings were sold for $2, and the Bible remains the number one bestseller. It's been tested by time and trial. What else do we believe about the Bible? Well, We believe that it must be spiritually interpreted. Spiritually interpreted. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10. Paul writes and he says, God reveals things to us by his spirit. His spirit shows us God's deep secrets. And then down in verse 14 he writes and he says, but people who aren't spiritual cannot receive these truths because they sound foolish to them and they cannot understand them. See, the Bible says, and Paul writes, he says that the scriptures seem foolish to the sinner and the carnal saint. The scriptures seem foolish to the sinner and the carnal saint. See, see, people reading the Bible with, with mere human understanding, they read it and they say, huh? They read it and they say, what? See, see, only when the Holy Spirit illuminates God's Word, only when He reveals the truths contained in the Bible, only then can a person grasp and understand and appreciate God's wonderful Word. Again, let me encourage you this morning, never just read the Bible with your natural eyes. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you read the Word with spiritual eyes. Oh, ask the Holy Spirit to to remove the scales that are on your eyes. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to see with eyes of faith. Ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate the Word of God to your heart. 1 Corinthians 2 and 10 that we read a moment ago said God reveals these things to us by His Spirit. His Spirit shows us God's deep truths. Oh, I'm telling you that God has some deeper truths than you know. God has some secrets that you know not of. But I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit is the revealer of deep truths. The Holy Spirit is the revealer of deep secrets. I'm telling you if you will ask the Holy Spirit, amen, if you'll get the Word of God out and open it up and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me through your Word. Holy Spirit, take me deeper in your word. Holy Spirit, unfold your word. Holy Spirit, take me somewhere in your word I've never been before. I promise you, no matter how deep you are in the Lord, I'm telling you there's a depth that you know not of that the Holy Spirit will take you. There are truths you know not of. There are secrets contained in the word that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you. Well, let me say this this morning, and that is the scriptures fascinate the mature saint. They fascinate the mature saint. Here's what I've learned. The more I read the word, the greater desire I have for more. 
See, as we develop a consistency in reading the Word, and as the Holy Spirit starts revealing God's Word to us, we began to develop an appetite, even a craving for the Word of God. Here's what's exciting. That is, no matter how many times you read a passage in God's Word, you never exhaust the meaning of that passage. You might have read it a hundred times. There's things that I've read over and over and over and over, and then one day I'm reading, and I, well, I never saw that. Well, look at that. You never exhaust the meaning. You never exhaust the depth. You never exhaust the nuggets of truth to be found in the Word of God. But listen, to go deep to find those nuggets takes the Holy Spirit illuminating the Word of God. Let me just say this this morning. If you have not found this to be true, maybe, I didn't say it was, but maybe, maybe it's because you have never asked the Holy Spirit to reveal God's Word to you. Let me ask you this question this morning. Have you ever asked the Holy Spirit to give you an appetite for God's Word? The Scriptures fascinate the mature saint. Oh, they love to hear God's Word taught by a gifted, anointed, well-prepared teacher or preacher. Notice the next thing that we believe about the Bible. That is, we believe it's our standard for living. It's our standard for living. 2 Timothy 3 and 16 again says scripture teaches us what is true and helps us realize what is wrong in our lives. We'll suggest three things here this morning. First of all, scripture convinces us of the truth. Scripture convinces us of the truth. We just read it. Scripture teaches us what is true. Pastor, there are so many opinions out there. Pastor, there are so many voices out there. Pastor, there are so many points of view out there. How do I know who and how do I know what is right? Pastor, where do I go for truth? Right here. Where do you go for truth? Right here. 2 Timothy 3.16, Scripture teaches us what is true. John 17 and 17 says, His word is truth. Hear me this morning. People who consistently feast on God's word are not easily swayed by erroneous teaching and philosophies and the opinions of man. See, when saints who consistently fill their spiritual tank with the word, when they hear things that contradict the written word of God, all of a sudden alarm bells begin to go off in their spirit uh, and they quickly get a check in their spirit and, and they quickly know that what is being said doesn't ring true in their spirit. Not only does, does scripture convince us of the truth, but I would also suggest that scripture convicts us It convicts us of wrong. 2 Timothy 3.16, again, Scripture corrects us when we are wrong. And Psalm 119, verse 11, the psalmist writes, and he says, I have hidden your word in my heart. Why? So I will not sin against you. I like what Mark Twain said. 
Mark Twain said, you know, he said, most people are bothered by those hard-to-understand passages in the Bible. How many know there are a lot of passages in the, in the Bible that are just hard to grasp? They're hard to understand. They're hard to put your, put your arms around and, and, and put your, you know, your, your mind around. But I like what Mark Twain said. He said, most people are bothered by those hard-to-understand passages in the Bible. He said, what bothers me most, Twain said, are those passages in the Bible that I do understand. A man in a remote village in another country was given a copy of the Bible in his own native language by a missionary. Sometime later, the man returned the Bible to the missionary. The missionary was confused, and, and the missionary said, Why are you returning this to me? The missionary said to the native, I've never, ever had a Bible returned before. Why are you returning this to me? And the native replied, I don't want it. Why not, asked the missionary. The native replied, because every time I read it, it kicks me. Scripture convicts us of our wrongs. Scripture is our standard of living. Well, not only does it convince us of the truth, not only does it convict us of our wrongs, but, but also I would suggest that Scripture contains practical advice for everyday living. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, God's Word is a lamp to my feet, and it is a light for my path. Listen, friend, God's Word is filled with principles and practical advice. If you'll read the Bible, if you'll study the Bible, you'll, uh, you'll see that the Word of God teaches us how to handle our finances. There are biblical principles for financial management. I love to teach on them. I encourage you to come to my class when I'm doing that, and I do that about once a year. The Bible teaches us how to have a good marriage. I'm presently doing that on Wednesday night along with other great classes. If you're not in a class, come out. We still have about four weeks left, I think, three or four weeks left. Bible teaches us how to raise our kids. It, it teaches us how to be successful in business. It teaches us how to, how to enjoy good health. And the list goes on and on and on and on. God's Word is filled with principles and practical advice. And every single Sunday, I help you unpack the practical truths of God's Word that will help you in your everyday life. What do we believe about the Bible? Well, we believe that it is our standard for living. See, we don't measure ourselves by one another. Well, you know, I'm as good as Johnny Joe. I'm as good as Sally Sue. No, no, we measure ourselves by God's Word. It's our standard for living. Well, let's look at the fifth thing that we believe about the Bible, and that is we believe it's supreme in importance. It's supreme. In importance. There's nothing more important than God's word. Absolutely nothing. Let me do a little teaching right here real quickly this morning. Prophecy must be judged by the scripture. Prophecy must be judged by the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 29 says, Let the prophets prophesy and let the prophecies be judged. Paul writes and says, hey, let's have prophecy. Let the prophets prophesy. Let there be prophecy. But he went on to say, let the prophecies be judged. 
Pastor, do you believe in prophecy? Absolutely. But I will tell you that scripture trumps prophecy every single time. And if someone gives you a personal prophecy, or if you hear a prophecy being given in church, judge that prophecy. Judge that prophecy. Don't just accept it at, as face value. Think, well, that is so spiritual. Man, they said, they said, thus saith the Lord. So, man, whatever they say after thus saith the Lord, man, it, it, it's coming straight from the Lord. Well, maybe it is, maybe it's not. Could be coming out of their human spirit. Could be coming out of an evil spirit. Could be coming out of ignorance. Or it could be coming as they are moved upon by the Holy Spirit. So, so if you receive a personal prophecy or you hear a prophecy being given in church, judge that prophecy. Don't just accept it at, at face value. Judge it. Judge it. How do I judge it? Ask yourself two questions. Write these down. Number one, does it line up with Scripture? The prophecy that I've just heard, does it line up with Scripture? Second question you want to ask yourself is, does it ring true in my spirit? And especially if it's a personal prophecy, and especially if it's really, really personal, you know, uh, in, in, in nature. Does this ring true in my spirit? I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit never speaks to someone else about you before he has first spoke to you. And so when you get a personal prophecy from someone, if you do, and especially if it's concerning direction or something is going on in your life, you know what? If this is the first time that you have heard this, just, you know, put it aside. You can tuck it back in the back somewhere. But if the Lord has already spoken to you through his word, he's already spoken to you in your own heart and in your own spirit, then this is a confirmation of what the Holy Spirit is trying to te teach you and trying to tell you. So when you receive a personal prophecy or you hear a prophecy being given in church, don't take it at face value. Judge that prophecy. Ask yourself, does it line up with Scripture? Ask yourself, does it ring true in my spirit? Because prophecy must be judged by the Scripture. And if you hear or you receive a prophecy that contradicts the written Word of God, the Scriptures trump prophecy. So if you ever hear of a, a prophecy, somebody gives you a personal prophecy and it goes against scripture, uh, then, you know, be kind, be sweet, you know, don't cast them, you know, don't chastise them or, you know, get rocks and stone them, but just thank them and then just forget what they said. <laughs> Amen? Because prophecy must be judged by scripture. And scripture trumps prophecy every single Time, you see, listen to me, listen to me. Since the Holy Spirit is the true author of Scripture, He knows Scripture like no one else. And because He knows Scripture like no one else, because He's the author of Scripture, He will never contradict Himself. Somebody actually said, I received a personal prophecy that said I was to divorce my wife and marry another. Nope, nada, no way. <laughs> scripture says if you divorce your wife in order, say in order. If Scripture says if you divorce your wife in order to marry another, you have committed adultery. The Holy Spirit will not tell you to divorce this one and marry that one because he's already told you not to do it in his word. And he will not contradict what he has said in his word. Prophecy must be judged by Scripture. Listen to me this morning. Preaching and teaching must be judged by Scripture. 
Galatians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, Paul writes, and he says, if anyone preaches any other gospel than the one we preach, even if it is an angel, let them be cursed. And in Acts chapter 17 and verse number 11, the Bible says the people of Berea listened eagerly to Paul's message. Paul is in Berea, and he's ministering the word. And it says in verse 11 of Acts 17, the people of Berea listened eagerly to Paul's message. Notice the next phrase. They searched the scriptures day after day to see. Say, to see. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching them the truth. Hear me this morning, don't, don't go all goo-goo-eyed over some gifted communicator. Search the scriptures and make sure their message measures up to scripture. And I'm going to take it a step further this morning and don't take what I tell you at face value. Don't take what I tell you at face value. Judge what I say. With what scripture says. It's amazing to me how gullible and how easily swayed some saints are. And who they choose to listen to. Hear me. Gullible saints are saints who live on spiritual junk food. They seldom if ever read the word of God for themselves. Instead all they ever do is listen to preaching and teaching. Am I telling you not to listen to preaching and teaching? No, no, no. But listen, these, these gullible saints uh, living on spiritual junk food never open the book for themselves. All they ever do is listen to preaching and teaching. And the preachers and teachers that they choose to listen to are, are, are the ones who only serve up cotton candy sermons, sweet to the taste but lacking in substance and lacking in true spiritual nutrition, appealing to the flesh but not biblically sound. Paul addressed saints like these in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He writes and he says, when I was with you, he said, I couldn't speak to you as I would to spiritual people. How would you like for me to say that to you? I really came to speak to you as spiritual, but you're not spiritual, so I can't speak to you as spiritual. That's what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he said, when I was with you, he said, I couldn't speak to you as I would to spiritual people, for you are carnal. He went on to write, and he said, I couldn't speak to you as mature believers for your spiritual babies. Paul, you're a bulldog, man. <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't give you the, the meat of the word, Paul writes. He said, I had to feed you milk. Wow, wow. Listen, listen, hear me this morning. Don't be led astray by some silver-tongued orator. Read the word for yourself. Know what it says. Know what it teaches. Ask the Holy Spirit to be your teacher. Ask Him to help you understand and grasp and have a true understanding of God's Word, all of God's Word, not just your few favorite feel-good passages. And that's all some of you ever read is those few feel-good passages. You never get very deep in the Word. I challenge you this morning. Oh, I love the story of the young lady who bought a book and began to read the book. And as she read it and as she finally finished it, she thought, this is the most boring book I have ever read. 
few years later, she met and she fell in love with a young man. And his name sound, sounded very familiar to her. And one day she remembered the book that she had read. And the author's name was the same as her new love. She told him, in laughing and with a smile on her face, she told him about this coincidence. But he informed her that it wasn't a coincidence that he had written the book. That night she went to her bookshelf where she had stored the book. She took it down off the shelf and she began to read it again. Only this time was different. Oh, this time the book seemed to come alive to her. She couldn't put it down. Oh, she read it straight through without stopping. And when she finally finished reading the book, she said to herself, Oh, this must be the most interesting, this must be the most exciting book I have ever read. What was the difference? She had fallen in love with the author. Oh, let me help you with God's Word today. Let me help you with God's Word today. Fall in love with its author. Fall in love with its author. If you'll fall in love with the author of this book, then you will fall in love with the book he has written. Our takeaway today is this. A worn out Bible will result in a productive life. A worn out Bible will result in a productive life. I challenge you. I challenge you today. Stop being a Sunday morning Christian. Stop just grabbing your Bible on the way out. You don't even have to do that anymore because you got it on your phone. Open the book. Open the book. Open the book. And I would also, I would also encourage you to get, a, get an easy-to-read Bible. Don't, don't get the King James Version. If you're a student of the Word, get a King James Version. But if you're just, you know, a regular person, man, get, get you... I don't care if you get the Living Bible. I'd rather you read the Living Bible than leave the King James on the shelf. Get the New Living or NIV or the Children's Bible. I don't care. Begin to open the Word. Begin to open the Word. But don't just open the Word. But before you open the Word, say, Holy Spirit, you know, I've really had a hard time. I've, I've been challenged before, and I said, I'm going to read the Bible, and then I open the Bible, and I see all the these and the thous, and I can't get past the Holy Spirit. I really want to. You know I really want to. But I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need your help. If I get past Psalm 23, I'm going to need your help. And some of you have never read anything besides John 3.16 and, and 23rd Psalm. Challenge you. Oh, there's riches in this book. There's riches in this book. Familiarize yourself with this book. Let God speak to you through this book. Father, I thank you today for this word today. God, as we go through this time, Lord, of reminding ourselves of what we believe in this church. God, I know, Lord, there's more, there's more churches that don't believe the Bible than do believe the Bible today. There's more preachers that don't believe this is inerrant than believe that it is. Sad. But we believe that it is. We still believe it. We still hold true to it. Time and test. It has been tested by time and, and trial. 
thank you for your word today. Thank you for your